was thinking for the uh, intro, we'll just do uh, Mastered MMA. Mastered <laughs> MMA. Mastered MMA. Mastered MMA. Yeah. And that'll be it. You should have just done that. <laughs> if I wanted. Alright, what's happening people? Welcome to another episode of Mustard MMA. Thank you very much for joining us. We're here to talk about all things USC and we've got loads going on this week. My name's Joe, I'm joined by my co-host Matthew. How are you doing, young Matthew? Blinding, thank you sir. How are you? Your hair is looking extremely leery today, I must say. Look the at that. of us, to be honest. Well, I don't know if you can see with mine, I've got a little... Unfortunately for me, I've got a little plaque going on, which the missus has oh, done for me because it's getting in my yeah. eye. What'd you make of that? <laughs> I've gone full your eye. I never thought I'd see the day. Young Matthew with a plait in his hair. It's well, like a, it's like a song was... from the sixties. <laughs> I thought it was a bit too girly, so I've worn my men behaving badly t shirt to sort of level it out a little bit. I like it. <laughs> I like you know. It it's good. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are we getting on? Not too sad, not too sad. Had a couple of uh, few days off work last week. Been getting some nice workouts in, and uh, yeah, that's all it is, isn't it? Just counting down the days now until we can get back to doing something, going out somewhere. That'd be nice. What's your main one for you? The gym. It's got to be the gym for you, isn't it, Joe? That's your that's your thing now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I would like to, but I think I think I would like to go to a pub or something like that. That'd be nice. Stick the football on. Nice summer's afternoon. Sun blaring down, yeah. maybe some tunes on in the evening, a few pints, a couple of Jaegers. Have a bit of that. <laughs> uh, you are a pest for your Jaeger, but no, I'm buzzing. I'm clucking for a, for a pint. It's all right having your, your homemade, not homemade, but your home poured Guinnesses. <laughs> the moonshine. Massive head on it. Not, It's not the same, mate. It's not the same, no. but buzzing for it. Um, were you buzzing after the performance from Cyril Garn at the weekend <laughs> is the question. Lovely little segue. No, no, who could be buzzing after that one, let's be honest. Wasn't a great fight, was it? Old Giazzino, Rosenstruck up against Cyril Garn. And yeah, a bit of a standoff, wasn't it, to be honest? Fair play to Garn. Good win, isn't it, against a very highly ranked opponent. So you, you can't really knock him too much. Looked probably the better fighter, really. Particularly in that style of fight. Giazzino, you know, just didn't really suit him. And he didn't go for it. And Garnet didn't go for it either, which he... You know, it kind of didn't allow Jezzino any room, really, did it? So, bit of a tough one as a fan, but for Cyril, old Cyril, it's definitely a... And for French MMA, to be honest, it's a massive, massive moment. Would you make, in particular, the stick that he's got, uh, predominantly from Dana? Dana weren't happy, was he, with the performance? Where do you stand on these sort of things? I mean, they've been banging on about making it a sport for so many years, trying to get away from the blood, guts knockouts every weekend sort of um advertising of mma they want to sort of gear it towards sport what with espn and all that and when someone puts on a tactical performance like garnet did because it's uh, the winning business you've got to win in order to get ahead he did that and get stick for it so i don't know it's a bit of a catch-22 situation for some of these fighters i think some of the stick they do get yes it wasn't a great performance but it's all, it's easy to give them a bit of flack when you're not in there with someone as monstrous as Jozinho Rosenstrike, you know what I mean? So it's easy <laughs> yeah. to criticise. And the, and the Geese is only 7-0 and going into that. So I thought he actually looked pretty 
ahead of his years oh, in the way you uh, yeah. went uh, into that fight and the way you approached it. Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's like an experienced old head, isn't it? It's, you're doing the sensible things. And yeah, I mean, I haven't actually seen what Dana said. I kind of, I saw the headline, right, and I didn't really look into it. I do, I do think it gets a little bit unnecessary. I don't think there's really any, any need to go out and, and just slag him off, to be honest. And he's done it a few times, hasn't he? And I guess maybe he sees it as motivation, I guess. And he's like, well, you better back your ideas up next time. But if he does back his ideas up next time and gets sparked in the first round because of it, it's not ideal for anyone, really, is it? So, yeah, I mean, I understand why people criticise in a way. In a way. Like, not really, because like you kind of mentioned, we're not in there. It's not really our business to criticise. But as a fight, it weren't the greatest spectacle. But this happens, isn't it? I mean, Garnet's finished pretty much every single fight before that, has he not? So, yeah, I think you're allowed one decision every now and then. Exactly. As long as he's not making a habit of these boring fights, it's not like he's laying and praying. We've seen that the great Adesanya pretty yeah. much standing there against Anderson Silva and Romero. Usman the same. He's had some boring fights. So I think you can cut him a little bit of slack. He's early in his career. And he basically dominated one of the best in the world over 25 minutes. So I think he'll grow from that. And he seems pretty content. He's like, yeah, I know it's a bit boring, but <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You know? Yeah, and another man who agreed was the big old Tanner Bozer, the bulldozer, on Twitter. I've got the tweets here, Matt. He said he, it's not up to the fighter that's winning to show urgency. If you're winning, keep doing what you're doing. I don't understand that narrative. Winning guarantees you twice the amount of money and automatically furthers your career. Why risk it? And someone came back and he said, well, why should it up to be the guy that's clearly winning to try something risky? Are the fans going to pay him his win bonus if he does something reckless and loses because of it? No, they'll probably just tweet him about getting cocky and DM him a Venmo request for a failed $20 bet, which is quite funny, actually. I think that's a, a, a cracking tweet. But he's bang on it at the end of the day, isn't he? And that is one thing I don't really like about the USC. I don't, I'm not a massive fan of the win bonus and how that's structured. Yeah. I think it's a bit outdated and kind of... Um, it's just sort of uh, disproven now. Like I, I think there's no evidence to support support it. And uh, to be honest, I'm surprised you don't get more fights like this because of it. That the incentive there is to really go out and go for it and go for the win. But if you're looking at getting literally double your money, and it's like it's like it's, that's your job, it's your salary. I mean, I, I, I want, I, I'm like I say, I'm surprised more people don't go that go out there and just lay and pray, for example. Yeah, the, the jeopardy in a fight where, what, four and five in the rankings, five and six, something like that, the jeopardy for that is high enough as it is. Throw in that they're two absolute beasts in there and there could be serious medical consequences, any misstep. The jeopardy is higher anyway. To throw in, you're not going to get half your cash yeah, exactly. if you don't win anyway. Exactly. You're going to expect these stalemates. So I definitely agree with uh, the bulldozer on that point. And uh, to his point also on Jarzinho, why is he not getting any slack for not being more urgent himself? So yeah. he always seems to be the winner that gets the, the wrong end of it. Yes, it weren't an exciting fight. No one's really clamoring. But we've seen Ngannou being in similar fights. Everyone loves him. Lewis the same. So why is Garnet going to be any different? I, I fully expect him to go on and fight the likes of Lewis's or Volkov's next. And I think we might see a little bit more of a, an aggressive style next time out. So that was the main event. And we had the co-main as well, which was also in a way not, not so exciting. But I think it, we kind of, we predicted Ankalaya to win this one, didn't we, up against Nikita Krilov. I thought maybe he might get a finish and really put on a show. It didn't happen. Krilov 
uh, like the guys on uh, Twitter mentioned, uh, Instagram either. Very durable and he very tough, and he sh- and he showed that. But pretty good win for Ankalaev, and it's one of those tricky ones you've got to get out of the way. So that was decent, and we had the bantamweights as well. Yeah, Krilov's always a tricky customer, but Ankalaev, like Ankalaev, you think you go a long way. Uh, he showed a range of skills. Good fight, nothing really to write home about. But the bantamweights, as you mentioned, were absolute sort of fast-paced, furious styles. Um, Munoz coming on top, massive leg kicks throughout all the whole 15 minutes. Big props to Rivera. Always comes up short, Rivera, it seems, in these, these higher-ranked fights. Doesn't he? He's, he's always close. They never uh, never gets chin too much, but always falls short on the decisions. And Munoz can't really go anywhere too far, but he's slowly climbing back to that title shot he, he once craved. And we also had Montana De La Rosa fight out a draw against uh, Maria Bueno Silva, who's quite up-and-coming, quite fancied. She actually had a point deducted in the first round for grabbing onto the cage and like literally stopping a takedown. So in the end, that, that kind of saved Montana De La Rosa for the draw, but decent fight, that one. Uh, Honourable mentions, I think, Thiago Moises beat Alexander Hernandez, and that's a cracking win. And um, I, I didn't realise how old Hernandez is. He's 28, and I, for some reason I just thought he was much younger than that. But Moises, on the other hand, 25, so great little win for him. And... Just to sum up, we did some picks, didn't we? We stuck them out on Instagram, and I only only actually got one right. Ankalaev was the only one I got right, so that sums up that. Well, what was your one? Ankalaev. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, you got to improve there, Joseph. (laughs) I mean, I think I I just wiped the floor with you, didn't I? You did, you did, you did. Must must do better, must do better, (laughs) Joseph. Well, I think we should move swiftly on then to the news. What do you reckon? Let's have it. Let's get stuck in. Alright, so coming up first, we've got some fight announcements. A couple of big ones, actually. Don't get much bigger than this as Matthew eats something very sour, it appears, at the other end. I'll tell you what, I've done a wrong in here. <laughs> it's uh, too, Joe, you like this? It's a bit of you. I've made, I mean, my missus have made uh, homemade protein bars. Have you really? But, probably, yeah, look at that. I mean, nice. it looks <laughs> pretty dodgy. Just on that plate there. Yeah. Nice uh, chocolate one, but um, it's not very podcast friendly. I'm chewing at it. Um, I think I'm going to have to leave it. Or You're I'm gonna have to save that one. It. You're going to have to. You're going to have yeah, to. So I'll put it away from me. I'm afraid. Sorry. Continue. There's some big fights. Huge fights. Jessica Andrade getting a title shot. We called it a couple of months ago, didn't we? Or a month, a month or so ago. It's difficult to tell on it, but we called it. She's getting a shot at Shevchenko. So she obviously changed uh, the visions, and it was kind of the writing was on the wall. I think in a way, as long as she didn't get. Uh, defeated by anyone else so April 24th not too long good one actually I'm excited to see how that goes down I think probably Shevchenko's got enough I don't think she's going to get sort of um, manhandled by Andrade if that's the right term but yeah good fight though I'm looking forward to it I think what Shevchenko's looked like in her last couple of fights is that she just knows she's so much better than everyone else and as a result of that, she's kind of drifted through her title fights and we've never really seen the explosiveness we've seen before. We, I think Andrade's such a big name that she, former champion in the division below, contender in the division above, I think this will reignite that fire in Shevchenko's belly. And I think we might see a, a pretty special performance, but I think Andrade will bring it. She looked really good in that fight with Rose. If that goes five rounds, she might actually beat her. So the perfect fight to match up, big names, and look forward to it. Also, another one that I guarantee you are looking forward to, 
Defig, Deverson, Figueredo up against Brandon Moreno. The rematch, it's official. Nice little break for these two lads. June the 12th is the actual fight date. I think that's well-deserved. I think they probably needed it after the absolute monstrosity of a fight they had last time out. But, I mean, you know, what can you say about this one? Everyone's just buzzing for this. That's the fight to make, in it? They had that quick turnaround back here, back at the end of the year. Uh, they needed the break, and it's, it's the fight to make. I mean, it, it will push the flyaway division over the top um, into being one of the key divisions, particularly with D-Fig at the top of the tree. But he's going to have no easy night there against Moreno. All right, so that's the only the fight announcement. So we'll, I guess we'll, we can move to the a new feature, the entertainment section of the news, we'll call it for now. <laughs> and we have got Lorraine Kelly joining us live. Lorraine. Hello. <laughs> can you see my growler? Luckily, I can't, Joe. <laughs> Who's first up in the entertainment uh, section? Oh, dearie me. It is, it is the return or potential return of uh, one Daniel Hardy. He's obviously been making a, a, lot of, a lot of noise on Twitter recently. And we, we saw at the weekend, he said, what, he made, he's made an offer to the UFC, hasn't he? And he said he's, he's going to fight either Matt Brown or someone else. And I think Matt Brown responded and said he was up for it as well. So... What do you make of them chops? Dan Hardy making a return? He's been talking about it for a while, isn't he? It seems to me that he just hasn't finished on his own terms. Obviously, he had the medical condition. You're pushing a decade ago now. I can see why he wants to come back. Obviously, he had it cut short when he didn't want it cut short. He's surrounded by the fight game. He must have the motivation every week. But you see him when he's when he's commentating in the background. Yeah, he's always yeah. standing up and right into it. <laughs> Sleeves rolled up the nines. <laughs> So he loves the game. He's one of the best analysts out there. But um, I do think he's, the game has surely passed him by. I'm a, the biggest Dan Hardy fan in the world. Uh, I've been there for a lot of his fights live. Loved every second of it. One of the showmen, one of the most charismatic UK fighters um, we produced. Yeah, definitely. But I do feel that he, that the game must have passed him by, surely. Mm. I, I like the fact he's calling out uh, Matt Brown, and I'm guessing the other fighter is someone of that era as well. So yeah. that is the era he needs to be fighting. None of these young bucks or anything like that. Um, but I do feel that it might not be the greatest idea. I don't know if that sounds a bit too harsh. No, I mean, I think it's, it's, it is quite the layoff, isn't it? It is quite a long time. And we've seen what... Was that, it nine years? God damn it. But we've seen what that can do to people, and... Matt Brown, I, I, I like you say, I do think that is the type of matchup you'd like to see. The kind of similar ages and, and similar uh, eras, something, uh, something like that. So it's probably ideal. But even Matt Brown, obviously, he's been fighting pretty much non-stop for a while. He's kind of bounced, bounced in and out a little bit, hasn't he? But I think it's going to be tough. I do think it'll be tough. Kind of excited to see it. It's a British fighter. It's kind of a British legend, like you say. So kind of excited. But... It does look like Matt Brown has been back to get booked against Diego Lima anyway on June the 19th. So he's not getting that fight. Straight up troll drop. <laughs> yeah. The immortal there saying he'd take that fight. Any guesses on the second fire that he sent to the UFC? God knows. Take a stab at it. Uh, so he's obviously thinking well to wait. Condit rematch. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at the Condit rematch. I'm I think got knocked out. But I think Condit looked too good against Brown. And I think Diego Sanchez always thought would be a good fight. And again, he's already got his last fight booked as well. Also, you're running out of name from that era anyway. So, difficult one. Looking forward to it, though. I'm buzzing. What we've also got the return of that we're also quite excited for. It's kind of it's, it's, it's announced, and it? it's 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 been planned. 
and that is the return of the Cage Warriors Academy. Southeast Division, I do believe, the mainly, so that, that's kind of where we're based, so we're, we're looking forward to seeing that, and it's kind of the return of your, your amateur MMA, if you like. It's all starting, hopefully, to get back up and running. Yep, September the 4th, Joe. So uh, I've sent off your application to <laughs> get a place on the card. Nice. Um, I hope you're ready. I know you're putting on a little bit of weight now, so you might have to don't go on that actual bit too big. <laughs> but I'm excited for it. I, I've been to one of the shows before, proper in a gym, you know, set up in a sports hall. You're walking past uh, people who are going swimming. Back, Basket, back, yeah, basketball hoops. Get to, the, <laughs> get to the hall and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, proper, man. It's, it's proper grassroots stuff. And you've got a feel for these these kids who are trying to get their careers developed. They've not been able to really train over the last year, uh, let alone get any fights. So I think you're going to see some of the top amateur fighters try and get on this card. Fight, done, walk. Walk out, fight, walk out. It's all one after the other. Twenty odd fights, so action all night long. So get down there if you're local. So just um, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, on that. But I went there before, and you said some fighters were actually smashed in that. Yeah, Lexi Rook fight there. She's doing well, and Dan Collins, he's uh, smashing it as well as a pro. So yeah, get down there, check out your fighters in uh, September. I'll be writing a piece about this, Joe. You, you've been uh, on the case about not writing a <laughs> blog piece. I'm getting one out this week, so keep your eyes peeled for that on uh, KWRZ. All right, I'm looking forward to that. That will, of course, be on mustardmma.com, so check out that one. Another bit of news we got, another bit of entertainment news, as I say. We, it's, uh, it, it's a little bit of an odd one. I don't really know. We may very well embarrass ourselves by speaking about this come tomorrow because it could just be completely debunked but it is Hamzat Chimaev the potential retirement of and uh, yeah apparently he's put, well, he put out a tweet saying that he's pretty much retired like his Covid's taken a real toll on his body and his mind I think he said so he's, he's hung up his gloves and obviously Dana's come out and said nah he was just being a bit emotional but obviously don't think anyone really believes Dana in that sense uh, and then potentially you know they're getting rumblings that he, he was only uh yeah, emotional, like, like they say, but I mean, it did make me chuckle, kind of. When I, I mean, obviously, I hope he's okay, do you know what I mean? If he's got health issues and that, I'm not, that's not making me chuckle, definitely not. But it, it, it's one of those, it's, it is a little bit like you just, you just sort of throw your toys out of the pram a bit. You've kind of gone to the gym, you're blowing out your ass, like, oh, for God's sake, and you're just like, right, I ain't doing this no more, I'm going home. Cool, I've had them days, mate. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> I had one today, I think. But, yeah, Jimmy, if you, first off, Dana, he don't let anyone retire. If you want to retire, Dana ain't going to let you. If you're half decent and you want to retire, yeah. Dana's not having it. But it seems like a cryptic tweet. does seem emotional. Like like you just said, I think it's already come out that he might actually not be retired anyway. But it's interesting knowing that, what is he, late 20s, mid-20s, something like that? It's hard to, I don't know. But I'm assuming he's his time as an athlete and COVID has had this major effect on him mm. to pull out multiple fights and even have the suggestion that you're going to retire. Um, when you're that sort of age, you kind of think, oh, it's not going to affect me. And then you see someone like Jimmy have actually uh, voiced that he may have to retire. It's quite worrying, isn't it? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's still knocking about. We're not out of the woods yet. And yeah, it's, it's not to be messed with. But hopefully he is back. Ever, oh, he's jumping the line. He shouldn't be fighting the top fighters or whatever. But I was gutted when that Edwards fight was got put, uh, pulled for the 
fiftieth time. <laughs> uh, and I do want to see him fight because he's box office. So I'm hoping he comes back. Hope he's well. And I certainly hope he isn't retired. And I hope Dana's right. Another one we got. Another one I, I very much did chuckle at when I saw this one. And this is uh, Paolo Costa. Obviously lost to Israel Adesanya in, you know, not the most spectacular of performances from, from, from Costa. We've had a few excuses out of him already. And the, the latest one, that he was a bit hungover. He had um, couldn't, couldn't sleep the night before, so he had a glass of wine. <laughs> then he had a, a few more glasses of wine. He ended up doing the bottle, I believe. So he's attributing that to his defeat. I do, I do understand where he's coming from. If he was hungover and he was having a fight, Israel Adesanya, that you know, it's it's not ideal, is it? So we've all been there in the past, not fighting Israel Adesanya, of course, but we've all tried to wake up on a Sunday and play football hanging out of our backsides and it, it never really goes too well so uh, I mean, obviously no one's going to take this seriously but what do you make of it anything anything to say well, I do empathise with him like you just said there that trying to play football after a few sherbets on the Saturday night you're not going to be at your best no. let's be honest and when you've had a few drinks on a school night and you, you sit quietly at your desk the next day even that's a struggle so let alone yeah, fighting one of the is. consensus greatest of all times. <laughs> so I do empathise with uh, young Paolo there. I do love a good excuse, I've got to say. I do love a good excuse. Um, you go back to Tito with his broken neck. I think Mike Tyson broke his back once. Yes. Remember David yeah. Hay with his broken toe? That was a good yeah, one. against value. So, uh, this, this is up there. Yeah, oh, no, it, it was, um, was it Klitschko Hay when he'd done his toe? It was, wasn't it? And he lost to Klitschko. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had his boot off in the, the conference afterwards. Showing like, everyone, yeah. It weren't even the big toe, like a little. So, uh, yeah, love of an excuse. Uh, Paolo, though, again, must do better, I think, there, with your excuses. <laughs> Did like it, though. And just to wrap up, just to wrap up this section, it's a little, it's a little bit of a time for reminiscing, Matt. We're going to look back, and it was actually at the weekend, the anniversary, five years on since Michael Bisping beat Anson Silva, and this really was the fight that kind of set off that that end of career dream that that, that he achieved and that he went through, and that we all got to go on the ride with, ride with. So I thought we could just have a quick mention to look back. I do remember watching it, and it was very emotional. I did shed a tear afterwards when he spoke to the crowd. Particularly, I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit that, but you know, this being I think holds quite a special place in a lot of our hearts because. He, he seems like a real bloke, doesn't he? And I think it's just to obviously we all know about his career, the ups and downs. So when we looking back on that silver fight, obviously a, a mad fight. When you think that he got sparked on the bell with a flying knee, Anderson's up on the cage celebrating. Fantastic. So I think we'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, one of the the iconic fights in it. Of it is the UFC, not let alone uh, in London or UK fighters in the UFC in history. One of the best ever. I think even at that point before that fight was made, I think we all deep down thought there's no way he's actually going to go on and win the title now. It's probably a little bit too late for him. Even after the silver win, you probably think so many killers ahead of him. Is he going to yeah, even get a he, shot? He, he got it alone? last minute, didn't he? It was kind of fortuitous how he got the title shot in the end. Yeah, exactly. But fortune favours the brave, Joe. And he, he went on and knocked him out in the first round and <laughs> pretty much closed the book on Luke Rockhold that second really we haven't, we haven't been the same since oh, he just wrote off his career really didn't he mate yeah 
But that Silver Bisping fight, I, I remember where I was. I, I weren't able to get tickets for it, fuming. Standard as well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was in the King's Ed in Enfield Town, watching it on my phone on Fight Pass, because it was on Fight Pass um, back then. I, I remember it, and I was fuming that I weren't there. And when he got the decision, I, I raised my glass to him. Fucking <laughs> brilliant it was. But quite five years ago, eh? Long old time, isn't it? It's a long old but time. But he, he put UK MMA on the map there. We had a lot of local fighters who were doing well, but Bisping come into the, uh, like a wrecking ball after the Ultimate Fighter. And to actually put his stamp on his career, win the title, make it into the Hall of Fame, now on commentary, uh, one of the best ever. Um, yeah, unbelievable. And I think, just to add to that, what speaks volumes is the way that other fighters talk about him as well and the respect they have for him. And if you listen to his podcast, whenever he gets a guest on, you can tell it's like a real, it's a real privilege and like an honour for the, for the people, the ex-fighters or current fighters to come on and talk to him. So well, When know, you hear, sorry to interrupt you on that that's point. That's quite all right. What, what, is it just me, but when you hear like American fighters and fighters from around the world say to Bisping, you are my, I look up to you and stuff. I always feel proud because he's English yeah, I know. and he's British. He's, he's, yeah, I don't he's know if it's just boy, me or I'm being silly. He's the boy. The boy Michael. Yeah, I'm always like, oh, that's what, he's, he's one of our own. <laughs> he's one of our own. I'll get, all, I'll get all proud. But yeah, I thought I'd just throw that in there. Sorry to interrupt. You're oh. probably about to make a really, really uh, prophetic point, which I'll just cut off and you're going to forget now, so I'm sorry. Yeah, it's gone. So that is the end of the news. The, the, the jazzed up news. <laughs> Big one, it's finally here this weekend, USC 259, three bloody title fights on there, absolute madness, early prelims, prelims, main card, stack, top to bottom, we're going we're gonna to build up to a nice little crescendo for the main event, aren't we, and we've got three, we're going we're gonna to do the three title fights, and how could you not, and he's Peter Yan up against Aljamain Sterling, they're going out for the bantamweight title, Yan 15 on one, Sterling 19 and three, only lost three times, and obviously one of those was... Not too long ago, Sterling. So I can't wait for this fight. I think it's an absolute cracking fight. We saw it on the weekend how good bantam weights can be. I mean, it's not much of a secret anymore. So this one is just going to be just as good. Both of them five-round fighters all day long. Sterling, great on the ground, great jiu-jitsu, great wrestling. Obviously, from his camp, Yan himself, fully capable of dealing with that, you would think. Yan, loads of pressure on the feet, good striking. Sterling, good power, can finish fights there as well. So it's got everything really... I mean, it's tough for me because I like both men. I like Yan, and he's been a favourite of mine for a little while now. And I think he's a good champion, but I also really like Sterling, and I'd love to see him be champion as well. So it's one of those ones. I've got, you know, I've got kind of nothing riding on this as such. It's just an absolute belter. Yeah, I think the main event and maybe the co-main as well are going to gobble up a lot of the hype amongst the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, and the casuals in inverted commas. But for me, I think this is the title fight that I think is going to be deliver and be the most exciting fight on the card. I think that's I think a good point. I think you're... out of the three, one that's going to be a guaranteed good fight. It's this one, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You look at the weight, these are always exciting fights. Bantam weights are just killers, and they? Um, they're so fast-paced, but, like, the scrambles and stuff like that. I'm always a fan of watching that. Always enjoy it. This one, I think, is a very, very evenly matched one as well. I mean, you look at uh, Yan and Sterling, I suppose you could look at the, the quality of opponent. I think actually Sterling has probably beaten the better opponents. I think when you look at his record, it's like he's gone the old school way. I was actually looking at some of his old fights this week and I was watching them. And you see in the first fight against Rivera, he's like number nine. And then in the next one, 
he's number five, and then the next one, he's number two, and mm. now he's number one contender. He's worked it up the old school way. Uh, Jan, I think you could argue, and I don't think many people would disagree that he got a slightly easier road. Chubby in, uh, a little bit. Beating Uriah Faber. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I love Uriah Faber. I've got his hair cut at a minute. <laughs> but he's not exactly a, an eliminator fighter anymore. And then Aldo, who was actually coming off a loss. You could argue about that. Lost to Marais, so the cows come home. But he lost nonetheless, and he was probably a little bit past it. And it was competitive. So I'm not saying Jan's not, uh, or he is a paper champion or anything like that. But I think this is the fight for the real belt now. These are the two top contenders in the division. Whoever wins this, 100% champion, undisputed. And I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I think what I think is going to happen in the fight, I think Stern is going to, fire out of the box like he did against Sanhagen. He does it on all his fights. And I think he's going to look to pressure Jan quickly. He's very creative, Sterling, with his, with his boxing and his kicks. And, but he's got the wrestling as well to back it up. I think Jan's your more traditional boxer. Um, and, he's, and he's durable. So I don't know which way it's going to go from a tactical point of view. But I do think, judging by both men's catalogue of wins, Sterling probably has the more impressive run. And I think he's got the wrestling as well if he needs to, to go that far. Um, so I would go with Sterling. I do like them both, like you, Joe. But um, I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Sterling because he's done it the old school way. And I, and I love that corner team. So yeah, what do you reckon? What's going down? Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think you're doing pretty well there. I, I, for whatever reason, I am also leaning slightly towards Sterling. Almost just because of the, the timelines. Like you say, Sterling has come up the hard way. And it's, it's his time, isn't it? He's in his prime. He's beating everyone he needs to beat. For Yan, he's a little bit more of a newcomer. You could almost feel like Sterling can win it now and then Yan can come back later on, whereas that might not happen in, uh, in the reverse. So, you know, not that that kind of means anything in terms of who's going to win the fight necessarily. But, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Sterling. I've got, I got a little feeling about him at the moment. Who did you pick to be the champion, by the way, Joe? Uh, escapes me. For uh, the end of the year. Yan, I believe. It was Yan. Yeah, and then I think Sandagen was an outsider. Ah. So <laughs> I, did, I obviously did fancy Sterling at the time. <laughs> He's at cracking in the last month <laughs> yeah. on the sidelines. I think I've got Sandhagen uh, for some reason. Um, so, yeah, we're bigging up Yan and Sterling here, but I think Sandhagen's in a bit. But, yeah, great fight. Co-main, what about this one then? Amanda Nunes up against Megan Anderson. Anderson's getting a shot. This is at the... Uh, what weight is this? One forty-five, isn't it? Yeah, forty-five. This one, so it's kind of the division where no one lives. But good fight. I mean, you can't knock seeing Amanda Nunes fight, can you? I, I, I'm not. I think Magasan's got plenty of potential. I'd like to have seen her get maybe one or two fights in before this. Really, I was hoping to to see something a little bit more competitive, if I could put it that way. So, you know, I think Amanda Nunes will win. I, I do think she's 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 the greatest female fighter of all time. You can make arguments greatest of all time as well, I think. So I'm excited to see Amanda Nunes back, first of all. In terms of how does the fight go, you know, I, I, I think she may, well, blitz Anderson a little bit. Anderson will probably try and be rangy and stuff like that, wouldn't she? But if the Amanda Nunes that came out that uh, beat Cyborg turns up, it's going to be tough, isn't it? It's going to be tough no matter what. Yeah, I don't think anyone's tuning in here with any confidence that it's going to be anything other than a Nunes win. You can't be, can you? As yeah. bad as that sounds. Nah, you can't. 
you, you can make an argument for reasons why perhaps that Anderson might have a chance, yet she's a bona fide 145 pounder. She used taller, as you mentioned just there. I just don't think she's developed enough. It's just unfortunate of the, the nature of the division. There's just not enough fighters there to build a legitimate contender to fight someone as good as Nunes. That will come, I'm sure. Obviously, the pool of people, uh, of ladies of that size who want to fight is just smaller than there are for other divisions. So, so you're not going to get a massive pool of talent come through very quickly. But with regards to Nunes, she might come in complacent. Might be another reason you could sort of slightly hang out on Anderson, maybe doing something. She's a mother now. She might think, oh, I'm, I'm better than these lot. I always just turn up and beat them. Can't see that really because she's, she's a competitor. She's a professional. But you could say something like that. But I think it's just basically what, like an 80s Tyson tune in just to see Nunes <laughs> yeah. win convincingly. Early AJ, one of them, you know, that's what you're tuning in for. You're not going to tune in as you wish you could, Joe, to see a competitive fight. I think that sounds bad on Anderson. She probably loves hearing people say that and doubting her, the competitor in her, but yeah. I just can't see it. I think you're going to see, like you say, a Nunes blitz, I think. Yeah, no, I get, we might not see Nunes too many times, so it'd definitely be one to, to watch. I mean, if, once she wins this, if she wins this, there's not much left in this division, definitely. And then you look at the 135s, there's not a huge amount in there that she hasn't beat before either. So either way, we're going to have to savour this Nunes performance because there might not be too many left. I think you might be right. I think you might be onto something there, Joe. I think I wouldn't be surprised if she retired Saturday night. New mum. That way. Yeah. Champion of the world. Yeah. Greatest of all time. Not bad, eh? No, certainly not. Certainly <laughs> not a bad not. weekend. Someone else you, you mentioned earlier, he was, um, I can't remember your, your exact verbiage, young Matthew, but Israel Adesanya, potentially the greatest of all time. And he is up against Jan Blakovic up at light heavyweight. So this is one of those things nowadays, isn't it? If you want to be considered the greatest, you've got to go and, do, you've got to go and win two belts by most accounts or a lot of counts. So here we go, Israel Adesanya making the, making the step up, up against Jan Blakovic who was, I always mention the Michael Bisping podcast, but Jan Blakovic was on there last week, was it? And uh, he sung like three traditional Polish songs in Polish. And it was just the, <laughs> it was just the best thing I ever heard. And I like, I think Jan Blakovic might be my favourite fighter now. Like, I'm, there's no way I'm backing against him in this fight. It was <laughs> he had me in stitches. Oh, it like, was so good. Yeah. I, I was trying to do a workout. It was I was, I was doing it before work, and you know when you're struggling on like I was doing like some split squats. I was proper struggling, but trying to hold in a laugh as well. <laughs> Form was very very shaky. Listening to Jan Blakovic sing a Polish folk song when you're doing split squats is not advisable uh, at all. <laughs> Brilliant! It was superb. So do check that out. But like I say, I. I'm backing him all the way now up against Adesanya. And I have to say, I, I, we, I think we both had mentioned that this isn't a foregone, foregone conclusion by any means. And Yang Blakovic has earned the right to be where he is. And I think he's earned the right to have respect in this fight and have people saying he can win. And I think he very much can win. I think he's, he's just so much bigger and more powerful. I don't know, that's kind of like the... Everyone said that about... Pretty much everyone had a Sanya's fault, to be fair, haven't they? They always said, oh, everyone is fault. Costa, Romero, Whitaker, I guess, to an extent. They're all big and powerful. And 
and stuff like that. And Adesanya's dealt with them very well. He's almost been the perfect antidote to that in a way. But like Yan is next level. Like obviously he's he's, he's a different weight class. He's a weight class twenty pounds above. Do you know what I mean? So he's obviously got that on his side. He's on a roll at the moment. This is like the absolute peak of his career. Yeah, I mean it's it's a tough one. Can Izzy do what he did to Costa and Whitaker? Can he do that to Blakovic? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what makes this uh, such a great main event. Obviously, we say that uh, we know Jan and Sterling's going to be an excellent fight because we know what both of them are like at bantamweight. This main event, you've got the greatest middleweight in the world right now this is the greatest light heavyweight in the world bar john jones and we don't know what's going to happen you mentioned it there the 20 pounds difference which is insane don't know why that's still going on but <laughs> yeah. it seems to get a pass every time stick a one nine uh, five in there will you lads exactly exactly um but it's mental isn't it can he transfer that power 20 pounds up to someone like blahovic obviously we've seen santos knock him out coming up from middleweight so yeah. But I always believe that Santos was a light heavyweight. I don't believe that Adesanya is a light heavyweight. He's a middleweight. I don't think he cuts a hell of a lot of weight to get down there. Yes, he's long and rangy, but he's quite slim, isn't he? So, yeah. Um, we've seen Blahovic deal with middleweights before. I mean, Santos aside, you know, we see Rockhold get dealt with, and we see Jack Array get dealt with, but not quite as violently as the Rockhold one. And it just seems that Blahovic is hitting his prime now. I think he's 37, 38. And he can do it all, and he just seems to be in his stride at the minute. He seems happy. You see in that BYM, the uh, Believe You Me podcast, he's all over it. On top he's of the world, isn't he? Brimming with confidence. And no one's giving him a chance. And he mentioned it on that podcast, not to go on about it too much, <laughs> the podcast, but he loves it when he's the underdog. He, he, he thrives on it. That's what drives him. And he will, nothing will drive him more than uh, knocking out Adesanya, one of the greatest fighters in the world, one of the most well-known fighters in the world. What a moment. All eyes are going to be on a huge pay for you. Um, and I've got to go with him. I've got to go with him. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't think that he has to knock out Adesanya to win. No, no, definitely not. It, I think, think he could, Jan might have more yeah. ways to win the fight, really, when you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, we've seen him grind out Jimmy Manuel in London. We were there. It was very frustrating as Manuel fans at the time. He just sort of shut him down. He's got that grinding style. He's obviously got the Polish power as well in his fist. That left hook's there. He's predicting a head kick knockout, which yeah. is pretty interesting to hear as well. And uh, one of the other things is that Adesanya, when you're... I mean, I'm not a sports scientist, Joe, as you know, <laughs> or a coach. No. But when you're, not, when you're not cutting weight, do you take your foot off the gas on the cardio as well because you're not doing too much to get down? Um, then later rounds, could that pre uh, prove pivotal? in the turn end of this fight. So, so many questions. I do love it, though. I, I love a fight like this where you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, there's unanswered questions. It does remind me a little bit of when Max Holloway went up to fight Dustin Poirier. Uh, Holloway was on his run down at featherweight. No one could touch him. Poirier, bit underrated. All the hardcores knew he was good, but still probably fancied Holloway anyway. Went up. A lot of, lot of punches landed by Holloway. But when Poirier landed... You could see it visibly, the, yeah, the yeah, impact yeah. was having because he was the bigger man. Could the same thing happen with Jan and Izzy? Uh, we'll see Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. And to give Izzy credit, obviously made, made our, 
are feeling pretty well known there. We're both going for Yan. But is he? It wouldn't surprise me if he front kicked him in the face and sparked him. Something like that either, to be honest. Distract him with the hands. And then, you know, because he's obviously a master of that kind of stuff, isn't he? So, like you say, that kind of that jeopardy in there, if you like, it just makes it it makes it mouth-watering, doesn't it? Fair play to him for going up. That is a yes. ballsy move. Silver never went up being champion. Obviously, it was a different era. It wasn't the champ-champ era. But fair play to him for going up. He's he's a fire at heart, and he and I won't be displeased either way. I'm rooting for Yan because obviously he's jokes. But if Izzy wins, that just opens up so many doors. That opens up the John Jones fight immediately. And another man you just mentioned there, Thiago Santos. We, we, I mean, there's too many to go through on here, but a couple more highlights that we got to chuck in. Thiago Santos is up against Alexander Rakic. Just two absolute savages. Santos, it'd be great to see Santos go back on another run after that like, really bad injury he had. But for me, I think Rakic is just a, a different animal at, at this moment in time. And Santos, you can never count him out, can you? But I do fancy Rakic in that one. And you've also got Dominic Cruz up against Casey Kenny, who we've seen plenty of times before. Interesting one. I do think... You've got to fancy Cruz in that one. I do think you have to. He's only fought the very best for like 10, 15 years. Like the absolute number one contender or title fight. Obviously with big breaks and gaps in between. But I mean, Kenny, all, all credit to him. He's, he's carving out his career, isn't he? But you've, you've got to fancy Cruz in that one. Odd, odd matchmaking from my point of view there. It's, it is strange. I don't know if they either want to get Cruz back on the horse with a fight that they think they'll... That will suit him, so they can chuck him back in with Dillashaw in a rematch there or something like that. Give him a quick win. Or do they think Kenny's the future and they want to get him a big name over Cruz? I thought Kenny was incredibly fortunate to beat Nathaniel Wood in Abu Dhabi. So I really can't see him beating Dominic Cruz. Yes, Cruz has had the layoffs. He didn't look the same against Cejudo, but Cejudo's an animal. So, yeah, interesting fight to make. I'm with you, though, Joe. There's no way you can really make a case for Casey Kenny. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> that was good. And just just to bring up something else that I literally bring up every single week. Darren Stewart lost to Kevin Holland on very <laughs> very very dodgy decision. <laughs> right, and, you look, and look where Kevin Holland's gone now. Nathaniel Wood lost to Casey Kenny. Very dodgy decision. Could be fighting young Dominic Cruz this weekend. Yeah, I did think that when uh, the, the fight got made. It's like Wood must be kicking himself here. Well, you're not rubbing into the dentist, <laughs> are you? Yeah. I hope you don't listen, because, well, maybe it's motivation <laughs> for him. Of course he don't. <laughs> and then also another one, Islam Makachev, PD, uh, everyone's, everyone's talking about him. He's the, he could be the potential lightweight king. I think, who came out? I think, was it DC was saying that Islam would be Khabib in straight wrestling, I think he said. It sounds about right, training partners and all yeah, that. Yeah, so, um, you know, it says a lot. And obviously, we've spoken about it before, so... That's an incredible opportunity for Drew Dober, who's, who's very talented as well. So, I mean, that wraps it up. That's all we can really get into with the time we've got. One final comment, Matt. There are 15 fights on this card, or on this event, if you like. You've got early prelims, prelims, main card. And I guess what they're doing is you've got your, you've got your, um, you've got your pay-per-views behind a paywall, and then you can stick that, that other card on. And it's just a great card for everyone to watch, sort of free of charge with your subscriptions, I guess. Um, and then I guess it might entice you to buy the pay-per-view so I do understand why they do it and even if you don't buy the pay-per-view and you just watch those early prelims prelims you're going to be pretty happy aren't you so I I, I guess 
you can see why they do it, but we have spoke about it before, about how sometimes we might prefer to see a little bit more condensed cards. What do you think of this one? When you look at the quality of fights and fighters on offer, is it too much of an issue, uh, uh, this one? Well, if there's a smaller card and there's some names on the smaller card who I'm not too familiar with, I'm more inclined to watch them because there's not as many fights. Yes. Um, if in this one, if there's a fighter who I've never really heard of, who's the first, second fight on a card, I'll probably be inclined to skip it. I know that sounds quite bad, but if you've only got X amount of fights to get through, you've got to pick and choose sometimes. Sometimes you don't have the time. So um, I think from that perspective, it's not ideal for the younger fighters coming through. There might not be as many eyes on them. I think it's more of an issue if you're actually in the in the venue. God, it's yeah. a long old day. Um, there's a lot of faff in between fights. If there's 15 fights there, your energy is going to wane at some point, particularly if you've got some uh, gits behind your women. <laughs> yeah, the classic. But, yeah, there's, there are, there's a lot of fights on here I'm looking forward to. Like we've mentioned the flyweight title fight before, uh, Brandon Moreno and uh, Defig for the title. And there's a, a couple of eliminators on here as well. You've got Askarov, Benavidez, Tim Elliott's on here as well. Uh, Kai France, who I struggle with that name. <laughs> so a lot of them are going to try and throw their names out. There's no outstanding candidate to be next in line after that title fight. So I think we'll see some uh, good displays here of people sort of trying to put a stamp on that number one contender at 125. But... Some great fights overall. I mean, we can't complain. Uh, we had a bit of a drab card just gone in the week. Um, but this one has to deliver. It can't not. That main card is just dynamite. So that wraps us up then. That's uh, been a cracking little episode, that one. I did enjoy that, Matthew. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Get in touch with us. We're on Twitter, Mustard MMA, Instagram, The Mustard MMA. Let us know what you think, what your picks are. I was on Twitter at the weekend watching the boxing, live tweeting during that. So we're getting more involved with those. Got the Instagram up and running. We've also got mustardmma.com. Check that out to check out our latest blogs. Matthew, as he said earlier, has got one coming very shortly. So check that out. And yeah, if you can, do your, do your likes and your subscribes and your, your five stars on your iTunes and stuff like that. That really helps us out. So I hope you enjoy this one. I hope you enjoy the card of the weekend. Matthew, I've enjoyed speaking to you. It's been a pleasure. Everyone else, we'll see you next time. Au revoir. Au revoir.